Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. I want to thank my sponsors, Top Spinini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So here's uh, an episode for your listening enjoyment. What got you interested in cards? What got you to start Beckett Media? What? Huge surprise for you, Ryan, given that it's Father's Day. It was my dad. Wow. <laughs> my dad had been a collector. And every time I get these questions, I think is a different way to answer it. Number one, my dad had collected when he was a kid. And so he bought me my first pack of cards and it was a penny. But secondly, the way you put it, the question is that my dad was in corporate America, working his way up the ladder in management for about 25 years. So I was probably in college when he got off the ladder and became more of an entrepreneur. And that really impacted me because up to that point, I'd only known that you just go to college, you get out of college, you get a job and you just work somewhere. And I was on that track to do that. And my dad said, no, there's also the option of starting your own company. And so my dad did that. And probably just you're observing your dad and his good habits. I'm watching my dad and saying, that's one of the characteristics of an entrepreneur. I can do that. I can do that. I can start something. I can make it work. It's going to be hard work, but I can do this. Yeah. And so I thank my dad for that, for buying my first pack and for showing me the entrepreneurial way. Okay, Ray. All right, Dr. James Beckett, in your lifetime, what haven't you experienced that you're hoping to experience in a a peaceful death? (laughs) (laughs) I know you've done. I want to die in my sleep when I hit 100 or something, but no, I don't really have goals as much as I want to be going in the right direction. And so I think I am going in the right direction, even though the bittersweet part of that means my collection of cards needs to shrink. And I don't like that. Right. You're, the first half of your life, you're accumulating. And then the second half of your life, you're saying, yeah, I got a lot of stuff here. I need to have less because you can't take it with you. So that's like a perverse reverse goal of a desire to have less. But because I am in a community, as your word there, Ray, I want to get the stuff that I am no longer going to have in the hands of other people that are really appreciated. So I don't want to dump it. I don't want to flip it. I want to package it up in a way that somebody's going to say, hey, I'm really going to take care of this collection or this portion of it. Okay. My question for both of y'all, if a group came to you guys as a team, the Schulte Sports Marketing, and said, we want to do a national type show. It's not going to compete with the national. And so you have permission to work on this too, because it will not be held in America. So Ray and Ryan, where do you recommend this new international show be held? In the Bahamas, in Puerto Rico, in South America, in London, in Hong Kong, in Tokyo, in Toronto, in Mexico City, coming to you saying, hey, you guys are smart. Where should we start this new international big show? Ryan, you want to go first? Sure, yeah. I would say it really depends on what you're looking for. Are you looking for a show that's primarily based around soccer? Because then Europe is probably the best answer. Or basketball. China, they love the NBA. Or you could say baseball. You could do any of the Latin countries. Korea, Baseball is pretty much universal in Korea and a lot of the Latin countries. So there's plenty of places you could do. It's just, what are you looking for? 
I'm sensing your father's optimism in your looking at this because it'd be really difficult, but but you're throwing out some good ideas there, Ryan. Thank you. Yeah, I think I'll just take off on his ideas, actually. And from the social media I've been seeing and on the national Instagram and other platforms, the interest and passion from Australia, uh, from Korea, from London, from Germany, there's probably a, a couple places that you could actually do some due diligence and make a decision. They're, they're already started to cultivate the community in these areas. And actually, a lot of those people are coming to the national. They're getting Americanized in terms of like how a show is conducted and what you need, authentication and grading and all that stuff that, that would go into why somebody would want to go to a show. There's a few great options. In Australia, I know the people that are down in Australia. I know they work really hard and have had great success in the brick and mortar stores and the distribution. I know London's already had some pop culture type shows. I think with everything developing, all the money, all the interest, all the influencers coming in from out of the country. I, I actually expect that to happen definitely within the next five years. But again, just to finish that off, you've been in it so much that you understand it's a lot of work, but it can be done. But it can't be done for next spring. <laughs> oh. It can't be done for next summer. You'd need a couple of years of lead time. My point is that yeah. a lot of the stuff, Ryan, that your dad does is behind the scenes. People don't see it, but there's a lot of things that have to happen to have a successful show. Being a brand advisor, the brand doesn't want to be embarrassed to have a show. Talk about shows or the magnitude of the national. It's a battleship. You just can't make that turn. It takes a long time. And there's so many things that people don't even realize. Right now, we've got like 150 exhibitors on the waiting list, and we've got more sales online than we've ever had before. Ray, what happens if there's 200,000 people that show up in Atlantic City? Do you have a crowd control problem? Do you have a fire marshal problem? It'd be an embarrassment of riches. Yeah, it would. But we've got a great team. Larry Ross runs our floor. And he's very connected with all the municipalities down there. And the convention people are great. I feel like there's going to be a huge throwing of people, but we'll deal with it. That's that's a nice problem to have. What got you into working with the National? I've been representing players for a long time. I've been involved in the industry in terms of authentication and getting signings and all that. And I became a collector along the way. I collect vintage movie posters. Mike uh, Burkus and I were friends for a long time. And back in 2009, he asked me if I'd be interested in coming on board and handling all the media buys and the credentials and the communications. I love Mike. He was great. And he always treated me well. And so I said, sure. And my first uh, national was in Baltimore. And I liked it for the same reason everyone else does. You meet so many great people. Uh, you make so many new friends. And you learn so much. And the fun thing for me is when I get to take the media on the floor, because I've been explaining to the mainstream media what this is all about and the magnitude and, you know, okay, okay. They get to the show floor and their mouth is open. Like, oh my, I never even came close to thinking it was like this. And that to me is rewarding. It, it, it's a great experience. I would do it for free. And that's, that's how exciting it is. And you get to do it indirectly throughout the whole year too, in terms of relationships and social media helps that out a lot now. But uh, yeah, that's how I got involved. In Brian, that's what you want to look for in your career, things that you'd want to do, even if you weren't getting paid. The industry is evolving. What do you see in your crystal ball going forward? How are we going to grow with all the industry changes? What's your perception going forward? Well, it's a very unregulated industry. It's not a monopoly, but there's one entity that is going to make most of the cards going forward, and it's fanatics. And they're in the position of being like the Fed, or the they've got to regulate the interest rates or the interest in the category and not let it get overheated, but to turn up the temperature. 
And if they can successfully do that, which they have some really smart people, they're bringing on more people all along, it'll be terrific. It's good to have twice as many collectors, but we need to have less than twice as many cards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll lose the aspect of collectability. You can't have three times as many cards and twice as many collectors, even though twice as many collectors is great. So they need to have some restraint. And if they do that, and it's hard to have restraint, Ryan or anybody, when that restraint means you're going to make less money this year than you otherwise could in hopes that you're going to have an income stream that's going to be solid for many years to come. So if they don't goose it too much, this could be a really good ride for a long time. The manufacturers will benefit. The national will benefit. Every card shop will benefit. And collectors will benefit. They'll have more people to trade with. Again, as Ray says, it's going to be a larger and larger and enthusiastic community. I was starting to explain to Ryan that you are the original influencer. And with everything going through, like our industry right now, with all the influencers that are out there, and I've seen they give you respect in terms of what you've accomplished. Do you feel like you have a role going forward now in terms of what you can possibly add to the value of the industry? If I had a brand advisor, (laughs) (laughs) through that. But in the meantime, my brand is the 20th century, and that's okay with me. I'm going to be the old guard. I'm going to be the sage. I'm going to be the older guy that tells you the way it was. And yet in my podcast, for those who listen, know that I'm trying to stay current as well. And if Mm -hmm. I do, I'll have some level of audience, but I'm never going to have the big megaphone like I used to have. And that's okay. My goal is to influence the influencers now. There are influencers out there that have huge followings of people their own age. And if I can influence them, then I'm satisfied with it. Okay. Last question. (laughs) What about a cruise ship national card show? (laughs) Okay. It costs you X dollars to get your birth. You're going to be captive. It's going to be like trade night every night. All the food and drink is you pay one price, you get your cabin and every cabin has a safe in it. (laughs) (laughs) And you just sail around to some cool places and you have your meals and your evening programs and all the stuff with other collectors. There's some entertainment, there's speakers, there's seminars. It's a captive audience. It's a cruise ship national. It's funny you say that because a few years ago, and you, Bill Sutherland at uh, Beckett, he actually sat me down and went through the whole thing about going on the industry summit on a cruise ship. And he did all his due diligence and he went through everything. And he was very excited about it. We couldn't pull it off, but especially in today's world, I think that's extremely possible. I think people can, certain number of people could be able to afford that. I'm all for new experiences. I love all these new shows coming out and some of them are a little bit more in tune with the Comic-Con and and that's okay. For me, that's okay. If, if, If that's what it takes, again, to get you to come to an event or a show, it's fine with me, but I could see that happening. Absolutely. (laughs) I don't think it's reasonable because something I saw at the convention, not everyone wants to be there. For example, if the cruise was five days, not everyone wants to be there five days. So then you would have a much smaller audience where it would probably be more dealers than people buying. 
Also, like, for example, families, let's say there was a lot of people coming, then you would have to like coordinate how many room trying to get like an extra space for family would be very hard. Also, I don't think there's really not that much of a convention style on like a cruise ship. Like you can't have a lot of dealers in one row or have it very organized. For example, security, that would be a very hard issue because if For example, dealers were doing it in their cabins. They would have to have security cameras, which wouldn't be practical. So you see what I have to deal with now. I've got got a great advisor of my own now. Yeah. This is a Schulte advisor. (laughs) (laughs) If you like or don't like this idea, do not contact me. If you like the idea, contact Ray. And if you don't like the idea, contact Ryan. Ryan, every problem that you brought up is in life. Every problem is an opportunity. We'll see. But it's a little bit impractical. I'm not denying, but it's kind of like the international thing. If somebody had a couple of years to work on it and the right people got behind it and you had some celebrities, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, but it's fun to pontificate about it. Ryan, don't spend a lot of time on that. (laughs) It's it's a stretch, but thanks guys. And I look forward to meeting you in person, uh, Ryan, at the show, because I'll be there. I've made every one of the nationals and I love it. It, it, I know they're raised people and they're going to be your people. And it's, they're a bit quirky sometimes, but (laughs) they they love sports. They love cards and memorabilia and stuff like that. So great fun and a great ride. So very much. We appreciate it too. Thank Thank you. you for having us. You bet. Okay.